Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap BJJ Bet 2, Who's Next? We're going to recap Fight to Win 179. We're going to preview Emerald City Invitational 2, Fight to Win 180, and Polaris Squads 3. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine. I'm my co-host. Zach. Hey, good, Zach. Good. We got some fun, got some fun, uh, fun matches. Yeah, really good. Just BJJ Bet always puts on a good show, and it did not... Uh, disappoint this time no, around. It was fun, yeah. and we have we have a lot to talk about for yeah, that. Yeah, we do. Um, as far as news goes this week, um, we now know back into like dr- bo- not gym drama, but um, we now know that there is going to be a allegedly a B team for <laughs> uh, the Danaher Death Squad breakup. Not allegedly, they posted that as the real name of their team. I well, think. and then the other team is is New Wave. Yeah, and everyone went. Mm. Mm, that's a that's a that's a name you could choose. Yeah. Um, B team's a way more exciting. B team's hilarious because it looks like they're playing off the A team thing. Yeah. And because they posted the uh, the screen, not the screenshot, the image of like the valley of the trees, and I went, <laughs> I went, that'll be fun. Like those guys seem like they would be fun to train with. Yeah, I think I would I would I would enjoy training with them. The environment would seem like it would be fun. Yeah. So I think they're maybe both in Austin. Like no one knows yet, but yeah, the we, team, it seems like it is a legit thing. We talked about last week uh, with the Donna Her Death Squad breakup. Um, so yep. that's. More news other than that. Um, I don't know. Not a lot else going on this week. Not a terrible week. I mean, just like pretty low-key week yeah. for news after last week. I'm I'm not against that. I'm yeah, actually no. pretty happy to we have We got a lot more to talk about this week, a lot more matches that we're... Yeah, we got some fun stuff to talk about. So yeah. uh, I think we kind of killed the news segment. I have nothing else to talk about for news. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's it. Uh, we got that's promotions got. this week. This weekend at the gym for some folks. That's yeah. exciting for us. Um, not for the listener. Not for the listeners, no. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe laugh, Zach. Um, so let's move on to our preview of re- recap of BJJ Bet Two. Who's next? Uh, always weird to have an interrogative in your title name with no uh, question mark. Okay, we're talking about English. They they speak Portuguese, man, as a first language. Let's not get too critical of the grammar. They do. So <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to start with this match? Um, I know I don't want to start. So let's we want to start with the top. Let's start with the GP. Yeah, yeah. Start with the GP. Start with the winner. Start with the most exciting match, which was Hulk versus Low. I think. You want to start and with the winner? Yeah, let's start with the winner and work our way back. That's a weird way to do that. Why is that we, a weird way? I mean, because we, we're 200 episodes in, we've never done that before. I figure we. I mean, people want to hear about the finals match. Start there and then work back. We can start with the. Uh, let's start with the finals match then. Let's let's switch it up, Zach. Start at the end. Uh, start at the yeah, finals so. match, of course, where you usually start for recaps. All right. Well, so we had Leandro Lowe <laughs> defe- <laughs> getting defeated by uh, Hulk via uh, brain brain damage. Yeah, a little bit, man. He got put down. So this match, this match was really cool. Hulk looked incredible all day long, uh, and in particular in this match, dude comes out walking like a fucking caveman, just arms down, standing straight up, chest forward at low, like just rushing at him. Like I'm ready to win again. Like because like cause... explosions going off behind him, style walking forward. Like did not give a shit what was coming at him. Was just walking forward. It was it was really cool. And then. After about five to ten seconds of that, he smashes his face into the center of Lowe's chest and hits a blast double on him that goes off the mat, but fuck, did it set the tone for the match. Yeah, and that was, for me, immediately I went, okay, well, Hulk has uh, a point to prove Holy or something. Shit, did he ever. Or, like, you know, it's like, Leander's had a couple matches at this point, like, you're not gonna knock the ring rust off of him, like, he's good to go now, and then yeah. immediately, like, and that's one thing I like about Hulk, is that he'll put his head, there's a lot of the guys at the upper like levels of nogi competition have enough wrestling and they have that head in the chest blast double and then how do you like marina's another guy i think of a lot that yeah, does this does just like 
goes down. When when push comes to shove, he can just put his head in the middle of your chest and blast you off the stage. Yeah, I think the the one that comes to mind most for me about uh, over it is Cyborg. I think like you, yeah. there's so many clips of him doing this exact blast double, and he was doing it a little bit before some other people, I think. But yeah, he could wrestle before thing, it was like super important. Yeah, which is why he was ADCC champ. The thing with the bla- this version of the blast double is not that it does. I mean, it's a it's a technical takedown. But it is also the kind of takedown that you can get away with that if you just get good at doing that thing and are bigger, stronger, faster than your opponent, you're going to hit it. And yeah. So we see it from a lot of guys that are bigger, stronger, faster than their opponents. Yeah, the, go- the guy named Hulk. Yeah, right. Yeah. The guy named Hulk. Cyborg, who's an absolute fucking animal. Named Cyborg. Uh, um, Nick Nikki Rodriguez Rod. does the Nicky Rod does this, does. right? And like... Nicky Rod has some good wrestling outside of this, but yeah. also he's often bigger, stronger, faster than his opponent. Almost always and faster. It's a great way to get a person down and take advantage of your skill set. So I, I think it's a smart move for Hulk to be. He's he's hit this for a long time now, but yeah, I've seen him hitting it cleaner and more aggressively in the past couple fights that he's had. Yeah, the only past like six months he's really like it seems something that he goes to more often and maybe he's gained more confidence with that so you can probably point to like a a clip from like five years ago of him doing it but it seems something that we're seeing him doing more frequently now and sets the tone immediately in this match with Leandro he sets the tone immediately and then something that he's been doing more with it at least from my recollection that he's been doing more with it lately which I really really like for this particular blast double he he does it later so okay okay That goes off the edge of the mat, the first takedown. And then Lowe and Hulk get recentered. They do a little bit of, like, grip fighting, hand fighting kind of stuff for quite a while. It was two, three minutes or so. Um, And then Lowe attempts the same sort of face-in blast double, and it doesn't go as well for Lowe. It gets stuffed. And then right off of that, Hulk hits this really incredible go-behind. And he's not able to get Lowe all the way down to the mat, but he clearly gets behind him and gets the body lock from behind and is staying keeping his hips back, which makes it really hard for Lowe to do like a... He's super extended, too. Like, he's looking almost for Leandro to, like, roll through and counter off with a roll through, or he's looking for Leandro to try to spin through and catch the legs as he goes. if you stay tight with that go-behind, then you can sit escape. Yeah. Low could sit escape. If you're if you're keep your hips back like that, the sit escape doesn't work because you can sort of lever your own hips with theirs. And as they start to drop their hips down, it doesn't do them any good. And then you can suck them back down into the mat and then move into side control or something like that. So I think honestly, it just it it's a really nice way to take away your opponent's defenses by staying so hinged like Hulk was. Um, but eventually, Low does go for that rolling knee bar. Yeah. And it was not, I don't think it was a great choice, but Low didn't have a ton of choices. And so maybe it was the best choice that he could have made at that time. Uh, who am I to say? But I, I, it didn't go well for him. It, it did not. To, to put it lightly, no, it did not go well it for him. It did, low. however, get him out of the body lock. So yeah. he gets out. And then as soon as he turns around, Hulk hits that same blast double again. And this is where I think the the progression for Hulk's version of this takedown has come from, come in. He's hitting it off of scrambles at the end of the scrambles pretty often. And it's a great way to get quick takedowns when people are off balance and unsure what's happening. And one thing he does that Hulk does really well is Hulk has really, really good um, like centering of base. Yeah. Over with how he hits it. You saw, well, look at it. There's a really famous gif of him stuffing Patrick Gaudio's takedown at ADCC, where he just steps in and times it perfectly and just basically doesn't move at all and just like throws him off essentially yeah. midway through. And that, that was something that kicked it off to watch for that in other matches I've seen Hulk in. He's just very, very good at like keeping a really strong base and then driving forward with like his chest, shoulders, and hips all kind of at the same time. And it's just something I've noticed Hulk do more frequently having seen that gift. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He's incredible at doing those kinds of things, and he ends up getting this takedown off of that blast double that sort of came out of chaos. Um, and he slams Leandro slams down. Slams the hell he's, out he's of him. He's a little him. bit to the side, and he hits it. He hits yeah. it, he locks him out, and then like Leandro doesn't really have the ability to like post on a shoulder or uh, post on a shoulder, but like, land on a shoulder, and he kind of like lands him on the side and like back corner yeah. of his head, and then you see Leandro very like, kind of go mm, that sucked i'm gonna hold my i'm gonna take a second here yeah. and hulk goes cool we're still going yeah. you're not gonna take a second and hulk's able to get a, a single hook in off of that and th- i don't think the slam was anything i mean it might have been intentional in terms of what is legal but it wasn't out of bounds or anything ridiculous no, I mean, like, it, it was it, just a good takedown that like hit hard at the professional level I, I don't have any problem with this take on the no, professional level. it was hard what, do i'm taking on like this absolutely not but i didn't really have a problem with the take it was no. it was fine it was just like was Landro great. landed on his head it's unfortunate yeah. but that definitely seemed like it 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 changed immediately because Landro looked a little shook he looked he looked he looked a lot shook he looked like he had gotten not knocked out but at like rattled his his bell rung mm-hmm. um and Hulk, in that time Hulk climbed up got one hook in got the choke arm in then like then got the choke arm in then bothered to get the other hook in later which he did earlier in the the GP as well yeah he did actually did that three times in the GP with all three of his opponents um, which I thought was an interesting thing like, we've talked about this on the show before that you know the second hook is important for points it's often important for control but if you can get the choke locked in beforehand, sometimes they have no choice but to give you the hook because they have to defend the choke, and then you get the hook really easy. Yeah, and the then hands are now you way. have the control that you need to finish. Right. Um, and that's what happened here. Lowe couldn't defend the first hook, I think, probably because he was a little wrong. He, the, like, the first hook went in quick, and yeah. Lowe, like, there was not a huge amount of defense immediately at that hook. Lowe no. wasn't angling off. He wasn't really getting his hands immediately there and pushing away. Like, the, the kind of fervent fighting we usually see from Landro in those positions yeah. it was it was markedly slower yeah. after that for after that take down exchange and then Hulk's able to get the choke in and finishes low with the rear naked from that whole sequence mm-hmm. it was a really really good finish and a, a nice end to a great run from Hulk and it made me laugh because see they were doing this out of order I, I can't like talk about the whole mark of the event yeah. um, Hulk has a bunch of subs has a couple subs throughout this event and Gordon was just talking that shit yeah. on the last event at who's number one I'm like yeah Hulk doesn't finish a lot of guys and I went hmm, hmm. interesting Hulk finished uh, the, like the following we were two weekends later something to prove finished and I, I was I was curious because Gordon and Hulk go back and forth not yeah. infrequently on all the social medias and in person. Like, they don't particularly care for each other. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that Hulk came out with the burners on and submitted some guys. And especially like guys like Leandro Lowe and like Pagini. Like, yeah. it was an impressive run through with submissions. Um, and we, you know, Hulk can submit guys, but I just thought it was very funny in contrast. And I was curious if it was like somewhat related or not. Yeah. I could be reaching completely. Which is very possible. Uh, where do we want to go next? Uh, so, quick note, Lowe versus Tackett was the semifinal match that we can't really talk about much because Tackett was hurt coming into the whole event. Yeah, uh, Tackett one, had, been, had a rib injury a couple of weeks and hadn't, I think hadn't trained for like two weeks yeah. leading into the event and thought he could still do it. He wins his first match versus Husama Pollard. We'll talk about that in a second. And then the second match versus Lowe, um, he like... Pulls guard like really quickly and kind of weird, and then he starts like leg pummeling to stop Low from passing, yeah. and then Low starts to put pressure on him, and he kind of just goes, "Yeah, no, no," and you and he kind of look, they look around like, 
what's going on? And he's like, my real, like, yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. And if you know how tough Tackett is, you're like, oh, he's really injured. Yeah. And he Must just had to fight really Husamar. So that sucks. I hope that he is going to heal up quickly. Unfortunately, he is also, I think he's probably out of Polaris now because he's supposed to be on Team UK, probably. sorry, Team USA uh, on Polaris. So I assume you it can't. Seems- a rib injury like that takes time to heal, and I doubt that. You've had back in time. bad ribs before, right? I've had all the injuries. Yeah, <laughs> rib injuries are like, I mean, yeah. not they're not back injuries, but they're still like the it's cartilage a long, ones are tough. Yeah, I they take a long time to heal. I have a video of me tearing my ribs out in a competition. It sounds terrible. It's hilarious because I make a dumb face on the takedown. You see me go, and then I'm like, well, that's where it happened. <laughs> um, so not much to talk about there. Attack it. Uh, loses by verbal submission to his own rib injury. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Hulk, Lucas Hulk Barbosa versus Mauricio Oliveira. Yep. Um, the finish here was lightning quick. And oh, man. We've seen Hulk finish like this. And finish, finishes a topside head and arm triangle from the mount that he turns over to the side and just hips out to it. We've seen Hulk finishes a bunch. And every time he finishes it, I am always astonished. I think we saw him finish it in the last, like, two months mm-hmm. i think maybe on a fight to win or something like that i can't remember whenever he sits out he must have some absurd squeeze or technique or like positioning of his body because people tap like so fast so quickly and Mauricio Oliveira again tapped super quickly here to immediately as hulk came off he was like no i'm done i'm done yeah and uh there's something i want i wish we had the other angle of where hulk's like head and and yeah. other arm was positioned because I could only see like the backside of him. Might be worth going back and finding where he had an arm triangles people and just trying to get a good look at him from a he, bunch of different angles. Because he finishes. He, he is so quick at that finish. And most yeah. people will kind of like eat that and burn for a little bit there and like before they kind of go, oh, I can't take it anymore. Hulk finishes quick. Yeah, yeah. I, but rewinding a little bit there, I was actually really impress, impressed with Oliveira here at the beginning of the match because oh, yeah. he pulls guard and I, I don't think that he was ever necessarily in charge of the match, but he was definitely setting the momentum early. Mm-hmm. He set up a almost perfect reverse De La Hiva sweep, and Hulk just, we were talking about it earlier, Hulk just has an incredible way to maintain his base, and Hulk posts with his hand and, like, turns his hips in a little bit and then, like, spreads his legs scissored out wide and is able to just halt the progression of this sweep midway through, which was really, really impressive. It was, from just, him. Like, it was just an athletic feat. It was, it was an and athletic I, and feat. And I went, hmm. Now, it's one of those things I occasionally you see on pro matches, and a lot of times actually, you see somebody do something, you're like, hmm, that's something that you couldn't teach like your normal practice. Like, yeah. you just have to be able to do that in the moment, like technically and athletically. Uh-huh. And like, I can't teach anyone how to do that. They just have to, like, you just have to know how to do that. And it was just, it's always it's always super refreshing to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he certainly pulled it off. But I mean, even outside of that, like Olivera's his attacks were really nice throughout the first five minutes or so of the match. It was steady. So and they were steady, consistent. He was setting up sweeps really nicely. Hulk was defending them because he was really good. But as far as I, I was looking at it, the momentum of the match was being set by Olivera for the first half of the match. And then something happened, which we see out of Hulk every once in a while. Hulk had been attempting to pass from headquarters the entire match. That was his strategy going into this match. Mm-hmm. He was passing from headquarters. and Which headquarters are like that low kind of squatted position yeah. where you're either feet on the hands, feet on the knees, feet on the sort shins. Sort of halfway into a knee slice mm-hmm. pass, but but not there all the way you yet. Can, where you can go in either throw through the knee slide or throw over to mount even. Yeah. Or you can like throw by and like do a, like a far, like a long step pass or any sort of like outward passing if somebody overcommits their hips either way with like a Torgondo or something. Yep. And so Hulk's been 
headquarters passing the entire match, and Oliveira is doing a really nice job dealing with it, doing a nice job transitioning to and from various guards and mm-hmm. keeping Hulk off balance and starting to set up sweeps. And if that continued for another five minutes, I think Oliveira would have been able to hit the sweep at the very least, gotten some points, and could have pulled off the win on the match. But yeah. at I actually have it in my notes. At 440 in the match, you can see Hulk decide it is no longer beneficial to headquarters pass, and he completely switches his strategy on top to pressure passing. And from that point forward, he is in complete control of the match and absolutely dominates everything from that point forward. It was, the shift was crazy because he starts racking up points and he like passes, he goes through and like, he just, yeah, like you said, he just made a decision like, oh, that wasn't working. I'm going to do something different. And that kind of game change is the type of thing that you see from people that are incredibly good at the sport. I mean, we know people, he's incredibly good at the sport. But people can't make that switch and, and like have it work. And that's, for yep. me, was the most impressive piece is like the, the guys that are most successful in the sport typically are the ones that can stick to a game plan almost to a fault, especially at the lower weight class. Like just stick like, this is my plan. This is what I do. Yeah. This is where I'm going. And kind of one of the ways I appreciate Hulk is that he's one of those guys like, oh, that's not working. And he'll like immediately shift like, not even like a game plan because like passing it, you're supposed to pass there, but how he's doing it. And I think that's a game plan, right? Like his strategy for the yeah, match the was strategy completely shifted midway completely through. shifts from like it's, the headquarters to that like really, really heavy like monster pressure passing. Body lock passing and mm-hmm. uh, cross face passing and staying heavy on the shoulders, keeping Oliveira's back or hips flat to the mat. It was just a completely different style. He just took control of, of the match in a way that like we see very few people do yep. like the momentum shifted and swung in that first passing sequence immediately to Hulk and then it was Hulk's show until the finish and yep. Oliveira was never able to get anything back going again and I was just extremely impressed with like that one shift of like this yep. is not working okay, I can go to this other facet of my game that will most likely work in this scenario. And also, picking out, like, we've seen we've seen Hulk pass in a number of different ways. He's extremely yeah. good at changing up the way that he passes, and oftentimes, especially in the gi, we'll see him flip back and forth between heavy pressure mm-hmm. passing and standing passing, uh, like mobility-style passing. We'll see him make those shifts back and forth in one sequence. Yeah. It's a little less common to do that in, in no gi because You just don't have the grips and right, like you, the, the friction. To harder do to it. stand up out of a pressure pass in the yeah. gi without getting caught up in a leg entanglement. So we don't see it there as much. But we know that he's good at passing in a number of different ways. And it's it's into like the intuition that it takes to realize A, that your current strategy is not working. The thing that you thought was going to work isn't working. It's hard to realize that in the middle of a match. And then B, to pick out of the numerous ways that you could go about passing to say, this is the one that's going to work here. And then it actually worked. I also appreciate that he like actually made a change in the match as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to try to win this via like, I'm just going to keep doing this for the rest. Because we see that a lot in the sport where guys, we saw this in another match, super fight in the card, where it's like, oh, this is the thing I'm doing. This is the whole match. I think we saw this in a number of places. And actually, I'll bring it up again in a minute. But I think this is why Galvao... Michael Galvao lost his so let's match. Move, let's, move that, let's move on to that match then. Um, in the first match with Oliveira, Oliveira takes on Michael, Michael Galvao, Galvao and is able to beat Michael Galvao via two points. I'm looking yeah, for that. it was a. I think they were takedown points technically. It was a weird exchange that that Oliveira got the points on, and so they both came out very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were no points in the first exchange. I think Galvao uh, pulled guard or. Uh, Oliveira pulled guard first, and then they ended up back on their feet. And then there's a, a moment where. Galvao pulls guard and Oliveira sort of fetals. Like he brings his knees to his chest, like jumps in the air, brings his knees to his chest. And like in the process, Galvao can't get his legs around Oliveira. And then Oliveira leans forward. 
and takes top position and immediately starts passing off of it. It was a really nice exchange. Immediately started passing off of it. Uh, and then Galvao gets back to the guard and starts playing open guard. Um, and then two points were awarded. And so I'm not, I was not oh, that's super clear. It was when they were awarded. Oh, okay. Cause it was, I thought it was cause the two points took forever to be awarded and Connor so called it, was... it out and it was on the initial, it was on the other sequence. Oh, it was on the, okay. It was on I the, was really confused yeah, it was about on it because of when they were awarded. Sequence. Okay. Um, I think it was either, it, they moved a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. The previous sequence was scoring. Okay. It was a very so was a like, sweep or something like that in the yeah, previous sequence. It was, that it was like, ooh, that was, was close, scored. but like, okay. which is partially why I think it took so long to do it because commentators like, oh, that got could it. Be points, and then they were like, oh, it wasn't points, and then you saw the. I actually rewound it and saw the uh, the ref in the middle give two. Got his it. Hand was okay. kind of off the screen, and then they later during that sequence awarded the points. So I think that's where some of the confusion. Okay, so was. it wasn't a takedown situation. It was something in the previous. It was something sequence. in the that previous sequence. That makes more like, sense than what I thought was happening. It was a squirrely sequence in the previous sequence. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I was. That squirreliness is actually what I was referring to in this. And so Michael Caval is at this point. We're getting to know him very well as mm-hmm. an aggressive submission attacker. He aggressively moves forward, but what we saw. Oliveira doing with Hulk was stopping that right Hulk was aggressively moving forward he was trying this this very particular pass sequence and it didn't work for Hulk even and it wasn't working for Micah the difference in these two matches was that Hulk was able to recognize okay this sort of space that comes with trying to move quickly and use my athleticism against this person isn't working for me and so he shifted to a slower more grindy approach to the match, whereas Micah Galvao was not able to do that. And the he didn't do that. And I don't think we've ever seen him do something like that before. The other thing that I, could, that I picked up on this match was Galvao, for the entirety of the match, is looking to finish yep. with the arm bars and the, and the triangles and like the yeah. entries. And he's looking to go for the legs and he's going under and he's going he for the ankles. He tried a sweep or two a couple times, he, too. He did. He tr- I mean, he was trying a variety of things, but he was, th- he was doing the thing I like most about Michael, Michael Galvao and a lot for like what we like Cisneros for. Yep consistently trying to win and this match the match with michael michael galvao and mauricio Oliveira, had big parallels to the john to alves match that he also lost at at eug uh, a month or two ago yes in a similar similar scenario where it's like you have a veteran they can get some points on the board and then can defend really well and stay in the driver's seat enough that even at your with all the stuff you're throwing at if he can stop you from scoring Michael Gavao is kind of split between working really hard to submit you and then opportunistically looking to take positions to advance on you. In the Alves match and in this match, you saw two veterans go, okay, I've scored. I can now just work on defending these. And then in defending this, I can defend both the sweeps and the pass. I never really have to overcommit to score additional points. And the the parallel of the match was very very interesting. I was like, are we going to see another Alves match where this happens? And and to Oliveira's credit, he's able to stave yeah. off a couple kind of deeper attempts from Michael Gavao for for sweeps and for submission attempts. Um, yeah, he protected he the lead it. that he got, yeah. and it was an impressive display from Oliveira, especially against someone that we're looking at as a very like premier blue chip up and comer. Oh yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see. You know, I always like when we when we look at these. I mean, messed I up my time. I picked Gavao to beat Oliveira. So. Yeah, I did too. Um, but I'm I'm always interested to see in these sort of like blue chip young guys where how their game is going to progress and picking out the places where you know it it looks like if they adjusted this thing or figured this bit out they would be incredibly dominant and i'm thinking more and more lately for galvao it's going to be this type of strategy shift and and i'm very curious 
being at fight sports with cyborg and like that mm-hmm. whole room with daria and cyborg's um, incredible at this thing too and that's right? and that's He's what i'm so curious good about, at changing up the pace when really he needs to good coach for those things yeah. and i'm curious to see because you know there's a ton of training footage of these two guys training together what he picks up from cyborg and like the the direction it takes his game because cyborg's game is is very very different than michael galvao's yeah. game which is why he, again, he's going to compete into his 40s um or like yeah. 38 whatever old cyborg yeah, is yeah. you know and be as successful as he is you know, yeah, dude had the still. best 2020, Yeah, you know, right. at 38 or 40. I always forget yeah, how old he is. I think um, he's 40 now. Like, I'm very curious to see what Galvao will pick up yeah. at that camp to fix these sort of, I don't want to call them tactical errors, but like. It's just a, it's a place where he can improve. I wouldn't yeah. call it a tactical error either, right? No. It's not, he's I want competing at the world scale. I want to keep scale, doing what he's incredible. doing because it's awesome to watch. Yeah. But he has dropped, we've now seen him drop two matches to savvy veterans yep. that can score and then not stall, but not yeah, get killed by Galbao's like crazy submission attempts. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you said, I think fight sports is a great place for him to do that. You watch Cyborg and Wagner in particular come to mind as people that can Durino. be, ex- oh, Durino, yeah, that can be extremely explosive, but settle when they need to. And I think that settle yeah. when they need to is a really hard thing to learn, especially for people that are incredibly athletic and younger, young younger, black belt, like yeah. a brand new black belt. Who's like, like, I'm just burning through everyone. Gifted and athletic. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to learn when to relax, but I think with those three guys in particular, but also a number of other people down there at fight sports. Yeah. I think if he's going to learn from anyone, it's those guys. And I can't wait to see what happens when he starts adding in those sort of like, pace shifts strategy shifts into his game a little bit more because he's going to be it's going to be fun. he's already a force i'm excited for with. it yeah yeah um so the next match we had hulk defeating servio tulio uh four to zero um hulk yeah. scoring getting points yeah yeah, yeah. Getting a lead uh at, this one was interesting because we saw a double guard bull pull in the beginning um which is very uncharacteristic of hulk and it looked like throughout a lot of the match that he actually wanted to be playing in guard and i don't I know if that was a strategic decision i couldn't figure that out it seemed like he it, ju- i think it's just, because i don't i don't offhand know enough about serve i don't recall offhand enough about servio's game yeah and neither do i and um i i think my best guess is that it was just that he thought, okay, this guy wants to play guard. I'm going to try to play guard instead, which is always a great strategy. And he, he and won with it, scored. Yeah, he scored with it. He scored on a... Uh, oh, no, he scored on a pressure pass. Hmm. Um, because there was a double guard pull, then they went back to standing, then they pulled guard, and Hulk did stay on top. Um, he tried... Hulk did pull guard once other time in this match, which yeah. is just so uncommon to see him pull guard in Nogi in particular. It, that was it weird. caught me off. Yeah. And like it's also a little unusual well, to see double him, guard pulls at this weight class. We've seen like him that. do it before. Yeah, just sure. Like he'll usually do it to have you get close and then try to like wrestle up. Yeah. And I was curious if that's what he was trying to do, but it looked oh, like he, it kind of looked like he wanted to like play guard here. It did. And that's what threw me off. Um, I assumed that he was going to sort of wrestle back up with it, like we've seen him do in the past. Yeah. But it was just curious because it's not something we see a ton from Hulk. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in Gi, we see him pull guard a lot. Yeah. But but not as much in Nogi. Um. But yeah, uh, Hulk ends up passing uh, half butterfly. It, it was actually a really nice um, job because Hulk did a, a cool thing. Trulio wanted definitely wanted to maintain distance here in this match, and so when he did does actually pull guard, it was clear that he wanted to keep a, a good distance and work some entanglements, maybe or or uh, something that requires he, a little bit of space. And yeah. 
Hulk did an excellent job breaking through the barriers that were creating that space. And he does it in a way in this particular setup. He does it in a way where he's able to collect Tulio's Tulio's foot into a half butterfly, but does it so that the his Tulio's foot is his heel is up against his own butt cheek. Yeah. Right. So it's essentially a useless half butterfly hook. And then he uses that to pass with the body lock, which we see him do later against Oliveira. It's, it's a really, really scenario. common like S pass variation yep. for the butterfly guard hook. And it's like it's the one that is when I, I play a lot of butterfly guard, mm-hmm. it's the one that is people do most successfully to me. And it was like as soon as that foot's in, it is so hard, hard to lift someone, especially if they have a really good base like Hulk has. I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a tough yep. position to stop. And Hulk just slides past and, and yeah. he's able to get around. Starts passing Tulio turns uh to defend the pass, Hulk gets the hooks in. And that's that's the four points that wins in the match. Some mm-hmm. takedown attempts later on, but that's about it. Next match, we got William Tackett defeating Husmar Palhares nine to zero. Uh, I loved this match. I like I love yeah. I love Husamar's entries when Husamar is like willing to fight guys. We haven't seen it in a while, and I was super concerned we were going to get another like stally meh match from Husamar. Yeah, Takino. So I'm gonna call him Takino because I prefer that name. Um. Tequino means tree stump, by the way, if you don't know, <laughs> which is does. hilarious. Makes a lot of sense. It um, does. So uh, one of the things that I did notice about this, yeah, I liked, we talked about this on the preview last week. Uh, if Tequino comes out looking like he did in AADC days, we will see a dominant performance. And I am sort of eating my words on that because we did see that version of him. However, it looked like his leg entry and uh, entanglement control has not evolved a, a day. That, it looked exactly that is, that is exactly like 2012 leg lock uh-huh. entries. There yep. was no hip control. He was not maintaining the positions well. And the problem with leg locks back then... Um, was no one did them, and like if you didn't need those stuff to just oh, rip guys' that. legs off. No, I mean I, where I trained, we did them all the time. We it was a common place in Ohio because it was a lot of catch wrestling guys and a lot of like uh, Russians. Um, and so it was common then in at least where I trained. But the approaches at that time and the control at that time it leads to losing position. And that was actually, I think, a large part of the reason that a lot of the like fundamentalists and uh, I think the, the general the Brazilians we're get is a, old school Brazilian guys is yeah. the word you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I was being nice about it, but old, old okay, school so Brazilian, old school guys, Brazilian guys, guys didn't like leg because like you give up position, you, you give up position, and it was day, true then. It yes. was true then. You could still win with them, but if you lost the position, you lost I the sub, training, you lost the position. That was a thing. Like, oh, don't go for leg because you're giving up position. Like, yeah. even into like. Even into like the early days of the DD in, in the early EBIs, 2014, yeah. 2015, I remember people saying that, oh, yeah, you give up position. And now. there were people that didn't so much, right? It was, you know, yeah, there, and there's um, always exceptions to the rule. Dean Lister but, was ex- exceptionally good at not losing position yes. off of the leg locks. And if you go back and watch his stuff, he was doing all the things that the DDS guys sort of mm-hmm. allowed to come to prominence. Right. And so there were guys that were doing it back then, but more often than not, your leg lock winners were your guys that did a lot of leg locks where you're like catch based approaches. And if you don't get the submission, you get your back taken, you get mounted, you yeah. get put into side control, you just lose position because your hip control isn't good enough to maintain the posture. Whereas in the more modern approach, 
allows you to realize it allows you time to realize you're losing the sub and then to progress your position and advance your position off of a failed sub whereas the old versions of it didn't and all we were seeing was the old versions of this from Takino and then we'd immediately see Tackett go cool I put my knee here I push down I pressure down I stand up from this position I turn I then attack yep and it was like three or four separate times we would see Pahari's enter tack it would either counter leg lock off of it and i was like "Ooh, that's ballsy uh-huh. like props to you i'd not like i wouldn't have the balls to do that but <laughs> good on you tack it um i was just impressed with ball yeah move no because i didn't I, that's it was one of those moves that like cool i would not have the confidence to do that with husmar palhares it's like oh we're gonna leg lock shoot out because why uh because it's over when he when like with he taps it's over if i tap it's not necessarily over yeah um the count he countered two or three times with heel hooks of his own, and uh, two of them, Paharis went, Oh, I gotta defend now. Yep. And you saw Paharis like sh- pushing the knee line and Which, getting out. Again, is what happens when you don't have good control of mm-hmm. your opponent's hips, right? The counters are available. Yeah. It was and just so a really interesting it was, it was a really interesting match of like old school lug locks versus new school defense and like old school counters for guys. Like, look at the Alan Belcher fight and Husmar Paharis in the UFC. Yeah. Like Doing a lot of same things where he would go for a leg lock, Alan would turn his hips out, turn his legs out, get, get the knee down to the mat, and then he'd come back in and just like ground and pound. Yep. And it was very, very similar into the way that Tackett addressed those positions as well. And I was just, it was, it was cool to see the new generation take someone in Paharis that's extremely dangerous, extremely savvy and veteran, but has not made the shift to a lot of the new techniques. And that makes sense because he's been focused. We, we talked about this last week. He's been focused on other things. Yeah. He was very focused on MMA for a long time. He's mm-hmm. just making, sort of recently making a re-entry into some of the professional jiu-jitsu yeah. scene. And it, it makes sense that you wouldn't, Right, you don't need to keep up on the nuances of leg lock games for MMA. No, if you're amazing at it, and like most MMA guys aren't good enough at it to have it really matter. Yeah, like and you, you can just, use other stuff. You can use that, that technique. Yeah, and it's, and it's perfectly serviceable and, and viable and works great. Absolutely. And so it's not that he, I don't think it's anything that he was doing wrong. It was just it was interesting to see that 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 piece of his game that he was so well known for for a long time probably hasn't progressed in the way that a lot of the sport has probably because he's been away from this particular part of the sport yeah. for a little bit you know it was and, a super interesting match from like a historical yep. look on like the style yeah, of so. clashes that are very similar styles but like a modern era versus like even like six or seven years ago yeah like when, probably, when, he, was, when he was so dominant in those positions so yeah. cool match uh cool william match. tackett wins that match and then he goes on to have the have really not be able to continue after yeah. that but it was cool to see him you know perform that Yep. Um, first match of the night or the, of the GP, we had Leandrolo defeating Rafael Pagini, uh, ten to zero. Leandrolo's first Nogi match in five years. Sorry, six years almost. Almost six. Because five. it was Craig Jones at ADCC uh-huh. 2017. Uh, essentially, the match that started the show. By the way, <laughs> that is essentially the match. Yeah. That it was like because everyone was like, "Who is who this, Craig, is this Jones Craig Jones guy?" And then uh, I was like, hey, Josh, uh, I think people would probably want to know who Craig Jones is because he's obviously very, very good and been winning things. He won trials and like no one knows who he is and I can't find any information online about him. I assume he's won a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Do you want to talk about jiu-jitsu and like guys like this every week? And Josh was like, sure. (laughs) And then... 200 episodes later here we are thanks craig jones for this match here we go so and then yeah. this is this is the this is the first logie match leandro has done since we started the podcast which is such a long time 200 episodes essentially yeah yeah so he looked pretty good in it though he did scored wins wins um, 
bunch of points, racks Lots up, of- didn't look in danger at any point in time. No. It was vintage Landry. He knocked the rust off initially a little bit at the beginning of the match. You saw like a did a little bit of tradition start. Well, actually this one this one was pretty st- I mean, it was pretty stale and then they went to overtime and then Lowe looked fantastic. But yeah. it was a lot of like headquarters passing from Lowe that didn't really go anywhere. Pagiani in overtime did, he goes oh i gotta scroll the points right? and then immediately Which is classic low shit yeah. right like leandro low is very well known for like He's putting up a good fight and then the when rules. it's like hey leandro you're you're gonna lose now he goes oh no no i'm not and then he just doesn't and so like that kind of happened here right it was it made it to overtime like, and he then went, i was like oh this is a close decision i'm not sure and maybe give it to, i think i give it to low and then no. and then they went to overtime and low was like oh the better score a lot and like puts up 10 yeah and i went Oh, am I stupid? Like, what, was that just like not super <laughs> no, close, just, and like you almost lost it in the initial section of the match, and then uh-huh. decided to score a bunch of points, and just kind of decided to do that? Yeah. So yeah, the beginning of the match was, I think, I think him knocking off some of the rust Probably. of like Nogi in a, like comp- competitive setting, and then getting yeah. comfortable and going, oh, I get a reset and I get like thirty seconds to breathe. Cool, and then doing the job. It, yeah. So middleweight GP, I have nothing. I've nothing else to really kind no, of match. Hulk looked, looked really impressive good. all the way through. I, yeah. You know, he Hulk's always a top competitor. This mm-hmm. absolutely this run for him right here sets a, a high precedent for me looking mm-hmm. forward. Like I'm really impressed with how he looked, and I'm excited to see how how things move for him because he's he's been a big name for a long time. His performance is this weekend were very dominant even for that level even for the level that he had been at for a while he was very dominant i thought super impressed happy to happy to see him take this it was a lot of fun overall like really really fun uh event let's talk about a couple of the super fights uh which one do you want to talk about uh you go first what do you want let's talk about nicholas margali defeating Ryder zutri first before that can we talk about nicholas margali's hair we can um what I, you, so you here, heard my thoughts in the grappling room. I chat. think I think it was a brilliant. So for those of you who haven't watched, uh, Nicholas Mergali came out with like stone white hair, like like it, it, it was I think it's called platinum, isn't it? Platinum, yeah. It, it looked like he went white, 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 like like old guy, like old guy, like old guy white hair. Yeah, old guy white at that length that old guys wear it that have boats. Uh-huh. And so it was actually, I think it was a, a brilliantly strategic decision by him. Uh, because I couldn't help but look at him not like I I just kept thinking that he was just a really in fit 60 year old dude that's what he looked like the whole time I was like he looks like an old guy he looks like he, he looks like an old it guy it was so hard to like detach the and fact that I know match. that Mergali is an incredible athlete like 24. and 24 uh, but I was still like, what is this 60 year old doing? And so maybe it was all a big ruse uh, to get his opponents thrown off and um, Mergali yeah. wins on a penalty <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it, it was, was actually a weird performance. Another thing about this, though, uh, it was it was the weirdest match that we have covered in the last like, oh yeah, two years. It was just like Mergali and guard not doing anything. Yeah, and then Ryder on top also not doing anything. And at the end of the match, they're like talking. Yep. And then Mergali like throws up like a kind of tight armbar, weird Ish. like over the face armbar that like Ryder like yanks out of and then like but like doesn't really yank out of Mergali like kind of just let it go and then like the whole match was weird I have nothing to take from this match aside from it was just fucking weird yeah not Herberth Santos weird but like you can see it from low you can see it from here yeah it was just it was just like well another thing that I wanted to to say though with this was uh, this is 
I'm I'm getting to a point where I can't really predict what to do with what Morgali is going to be doing, right? So we've only we saw him only once, or so we saw him twice in all of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, one decision win and one loss mm-hmm. versus Gutenberg, and then he beat uh, who he beat at the first. I didn't Beach write it down. Whatever we saw but him twice. We only saw him once in all of 2021. So he's had three matches on a professional stage in the last two years after one of the most incredible 2019s that existed. Like he was 18. His 2018 was good. 2019 was good, but 2018 was crazy. 2018 was crazy. 2019 was really, really good though. Yeah. Still too. He had, he had wins. Mm-hmm. He w- his win rate was like 95% Something and it like was that. against incredible jujitsu players. Right. Yeah. And so he had two years that put him in the, in talks of the best ever, ever. Right. Wait, yeah. And then almost no fights in the past two years, which, you know, 2020 did a lot of weird things to a lot of people mm-hmm. and so who knows Definitely. what the situation was i'm not sure and i'm not saying that there's anything that has gone wrong it's just it was just a it's curious weird performance and i don't really i wish i had more technical analysis to bring to the show here other than like just, not a lot happened super, nothing nothing happened like nothing happened yeah that was like they were talking for like stretches during the match yep. and i don't speak portuguese and like yeah and Sanji was like kind of talking about what they were saying, like he didn't get what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like Howell didn't get what was going on yep. from Flo. Like nobody knew what was going on, and the match ended. And then yeah, and then Morgali had white hair. Moving on, next match: <laughs> uh, Tiny Porfero defeats Gabriella Passanelli two to zero. Uh, first time we've seen Tiny in a while. Um, looked good, gets yeah. it done. Kind of definitely a more a slower Slow paced match, women's but... heavyweight match, um, but does what she needs to get it done. Gets it done on a might have been a takedown. I, I don't actually remember. I remember it's a very, very slow match yeah, it, where she scores once and that is the entirety yeah. of the match. Uh, Mateus Gabriel defeats Juan Carvalho via armbar. Uh, not the black hole 50-50 armbar, but a variation yeah. of, and I love seeing nice 50-50 armbars. It was, it, was it was some slick shit. Yeah, they're uncommon, but um, it was a nice match and Mateus Gabriel's good. Very good, right? I mean, we know that, but I mean, he's the current damn, he's, he's the current world champion because yeah. we didn't have one last year. Yeah. Um. So twenty twenty nineteen still world champion. Like, I I cannot. Mateus Gabriel is a guy that I'm super amped. He's super young. He's super good. I love his game. Yep. I love the way he transitions to things like this from 50-50 to the arm lock, and then like is able to get it and like cinch it up yeah. and like finish it, and he goes for, goes for like twice. I like the way in which he plays, and I like the tactical decisions that he makes, and yeah. so I'm super excited to see him. Again, win, and I'm excited to see what we're going to see more from him this next year. Absolutely. Um, also, Sam Nagai defeated Mateus Oneida via bow and arrow choke. Uh, Sam Nagai looked good. Uh, took a minute to get get the choke locked in. Eventually kind of cinched it up and then was able to turn his angle and uh, get it done. Yeah. Also, some really fun matches on the prelims. Uh, the first prelims match was uh, bonkers as well. So you should go whack and watch the event. I don't know how long the whole match footage is. They always put on such a good event, though. Yeah, they do. It's fun. Great it's, fights. Uh, it was fun. I can't find it. It's a good rule set. Yeah, it's good. And it was, it, they're pretty, uh, there were a couple matches that were definitely like, could have used, I think, additional like stalling incentive yeah. penalty. But overall, the matchups were really good. And I yeah. I had a fun time watching the event live. They ran at like 4 p.m. on a Sunday, which for me, honestly, wasn't terrible. I kind of like, I kind of was like, oh, I was like about five o'clock I tuned in. I was like, oh, this is sweet. I can just like sit back and watch and yeah. hang out on a Sunday. It's like not, it's not it's not 9 p.m. at night. Yeah, yeah, it's not like some terrible time. I actually was like, oh, this is actually like a really good time. I wish more events would yeah. run like... I'm over 30. I mid-day. wish all events started at 4. Dude, 
the <laughs> UFC could end at like 10.30. Like I basically 10, stopped watching PM, it I can't, because I can't, I can't do stay it. up that late. I'm just too old. I can't do it. Like, I don't watch Dude, those events. When your main event walks out at like 12.30, I'm do like, it. do you fucking hate me? I've like, been asleep for two bro. hours, yo. Dude. I'm either, I've either been asleep for two hours or I'm so shit-faced that I'm not going to watch it anyways. Like, those are the two. If I'm up at midnight, those are the two reasons. All right, those are the two situations that I'm at at midnight. See, I'm, I'm not at bed at like or one or two, wasted. like one in the morning most of the time. Nope. So it's just like, I don't want like, that's my, that's me time. That's like, it's like <laughs> editing stuff, being angry for no reason that I'm still awake. <laughs> like that's me time. I don't want to be like watching events and taking notes at 1am. I just want to be angry for no just reason. seething. So that doesn't be BJ bet too. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait for the next one. On to our recap of Fight to Win 179. Uh, this one was the rematch of the bonkers match that was Josh Shishnos versus Kenzie Masayama. put on Masayama. a show again. Dude, again. They another on show, one. So yeah. if you didn't see the first match, uh, pause Please. the show. Actually, Go back Share live. the show with your gym please because that's the best way that we grow the show yeah and uh really appreciate that because you know i think we put on a pretty good show please share it out so that we can you know increase the viewership and the listenership um you didn't see the first match pause the show go back and watch the first match because yeah. it was fucking crazy and in yes. the last mm, 10 seconds kennedy takes it with a rear naked choke victory yeah in this match uh starts off Kennedy comes out, comes out quick. Josh jumps for a flying guillotine. I was like, Ooh, of course, that might be ill-advised. And then it Kennedy was. takes him down on the single leg, immediately takes him down into a back crucifix. Yeah. And the they thing, sit. The, yeah, they sit. But the thing with back crucifix is the crucifix in Nogi is that there are there are absolutely submissions you can hit from there. What's up, but, Barry Yoshida? His entire game, yes. Yeah, but, I, but they are often... So in, in the gi... You get the advantage of being able to to lock in that choke, right? There's the crucifix choke that is very dangerous in the gi. It doesn't exist in no gi, and there's no replacement for it in no gi. Yeah. And so in the gi, you have this scenario where you can sort of make someone defend a thing, and then all of the other submissions, it doesn't really matter that they're I mean, you can switch to a crucifix choke, a zipper choke, you can switch to the, the, the front, like the, the rear naked choke. All in the gi, you can kind of swap between them yeah. and be mucking with stuff, and the arm locks there, and eventually force the person to give you one of them. But the fact that there's this looming threat of just the standard crucifix choke yeah. makes all of those other things easier to hit, and it's a very dangerous position for that reason. Yes. In Nogi, because that primary choke doesn't exist you end up in a situation where almost any attack you do is going to be telegraphed and you, you can, can only, you can only do really you can like only do so much two like really good attacks and one of them is a rear naked choke and there's a couple there's a couple nice transitions you can there's some you can transition but i'm saying as yeah. attacks attacks submission attacks from the crucifix at the high higher levels you Whoa. are seeing the rear naked choke from there yeah that's it and so cisneros goes hmm, i'm in a crucifix from the in back in nogi uh, i need to keep my chin down and keep like walking my shoulders down and like be at the beginning of the match yeah. i have time to work here and i'm gonna keep working and it was smart jujitsu which mm -hmm. is something we talked about with cisneros before he's one of these young guys that we were he ag attacks aggressively i love his approach i think he's yeah. extremely good one of my favorite jujitsu players in the game right now but we've often said that we're a little bit concerned that he attacks too much and doesn't pace himself and and the patience hasn't built for him yet and this was for me I was really, really happy to see him here because it looked like he was just like, okay, yeah, he just I can relax here, I can be patient, and I can wait for him to move to something. And then when Kennedy moved to the armbar, yeah. it and, had to and be Josh kind of leaned out and like he, he waited for Kennedy. He looked, he looked, he looked, and Kennedy 
made a motion like he was going to switch the leg over to go for the arm, and then Josh turns his Out. hips down yep. and gets up. And I went, I went, nice, great. great transition yeah. there. And like, the timing on it was really good because Kennedy, we know, has a really good armbar from those topside positions. And I think we saw him finish uh, Junie with that. Yep. You know, well, not that same exact armbar, but like but, again, a, an armbar in a similar fashion. Um, and for Zisner to turn his hips down and get up, and I was like, okay, cool. There's yeah. he's still definitely a, a live dog in this fight. Yeah, it was really exciting to see the sort of combination of patience and because uh, it was like timing three, that Cisneros had there three plus minutes there. Yeah, he was in there. It for was a while. like half the match almost, and I was like, ooh, this he's got a seems bad. He's coming down from a he's got a low. He's got to really make up a lot of ground uh-huh. in this match. Then homeboy did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then there's a scramble. And we end up with a situation where Cisneros sort of pulls a flying Kimura out. And he ends up like jumping, jumps through guard in the middle of a scramble, yeah. grabs the Kimura. And Kennedy does a nice job tucking his hand into his hip, but that defense only goes so far. And Cisneros was able to sort of lock his feet up around in like almost a high guard kind of situation while hitting this this attack. Yeah. And well, it's, like a, it's a Brata Plata, Thoraco Plata yeah, variation yeah. on it where it's like. Uh, how do I explain this? It's like you have the you have your front arm locked through their elbow, but you are essentially doing a Peruvian necktie on their Camorid arm. Yeah, that's a way to put it. Yeah, that's, okay. what, that's what it looks. Like. It looks like a Peru. It kind of looks like a Peru because your leg, both legs are over their back. Yeah, and it's just a weird like you can do stuff there. You can you can get it out, but it's it's really really hard to get it out at the high levels of nogi because people keep the elbow so tight in that yeah. like you can do stuff off of there but you're gonna have to go back to using a high guard like sister yeah. does here and so uh kennedy eventually moves i think it was actually kennedy's choice i think it was a, an intentional decision yeah. for him where he sort of moves out of that defensive position and starts trying to make some ground and Cisneros is able to sort of get the arm up into a position where it looks like he might be able to to start attacking to finish. Um, but Kennedy was, I think, did it on purpose and yeah. turns his bot, his chest towards Cisneros in a way and then is able to free his arm and then gets back and then ends up back into Cisneros's guard. But Cisneros, as Kennedy's entering, grabs a triangle. Yeah. And then he does this thing that we've seen him do before where he's switching back and forth between a triangle and reverse triangle mm-hmm. a little bit. They're on the edge of the mat. Uh, and then things kind of end there. Um, and I went, I would not want to be a referee in this match. Tough call. And, because then, but, and then, I, then as we're going to decision, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this should probably go Cisneros, actually. Cause I agree. I agree that they did go Cisneros. And, and, and I agree that it should have. And here's why. Although Kennedy had multiple minutes of control in the back crucifix, he wasn't actually going for the choke for a lot of the time in the back crucifix. Like yeah, he was in the back crucifix and had great control for most of it, but it wasn't like kind of Liberty Yoshida style. You get low and you're just punching them in the face repeatedly. Punching's not allowed. Well, you're not grinding <laughs> your face and knuckles yeah, yeah, over yeah. their over their nose and under their chin to yeah. get there. He was like he was establishing the position. And although Cisneros had to defend the position, he wasn't defending a submission most of the time yeah. versus the two things we saw from Cisneros that were the biggest moments of the match with that Barato Plata, Taraco Plata variation yep. that, Cisneros, that Kennedy had to defend for a good portion and that finishing sequence triangle that he sits in for 30 yeah. seconds a and minute. And Kennedy was definitely defending them. Yeah, and, like, and they were they were def- they were submission defenses. defense yep. as opposed to positional defense. So I went... Okay, in my eyes, for fight to win, that should kind of clearly give this to Cisneros. Yep. It goes Cisneros, and I went, I still know how to re- read a decision. 
It was a good match, though. It was uh, a, great match. a lot of action, a lot of really nice jujitsu from both of them. Um, Cisneros pulls it off with a couple very solid submission attempts at yeah. the end there. This is definitely a match that again, I, I, we are going to see. These are two, both two yeah. young black belts at the weight, featherweight, yeah. lightweight. We are going to see them compete for years to come, and I am about it. Yeah, because ex- both I, times is- they've put on fantastic matches. Great main event for it. Yeah, there are some like rivalries that I'm just. You see once or twice, and you're like, these guys are going to keep going at it, and I'm just over it. Mm-hmm. I can watch these two fight another 10 times, and I will yeah. be just as happy as I, I am. I feel every like time. they'll They've... both give us something different every yep. time, and they'll approach the match in a different way. And, like, and they I... both just have exciting jujitsu that plays off of one another really yeah. well. They both will also take risks, which yep. I do like. They're both like, they both maybe make some decisions that I was like, oh, that's been ill advised, but I'm down to watch it. Yeah. Um, because they, they have, they have the utmost confidence in their, in themselves and in their game. And I appreciate that from the athletes that we cover and the, like the jiu-jitsu yeah. that I enjoy watching. Both these guys bring it great match. Um, yeah, I love it. is now the champ takes the belt from Kennedy yep. for 145. And, uh, very, very curious to see who his first defense will be against, uh, yeah. at 145. There's a list of names that I would be any, basically anyone at 45. I'm like. I'm just down to watch this. I'm down to watch this no defend what. that belt. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. he has the title. It's always going to be a long match now. It's always he's just gives him the time yep. to work. He's got that gas to work the whole time. Like it should, it should be fun. I know we're going to see it run back soon. Yeah. Uh, next match I want to talk about is Heather Rafferty defeating Tracy Goodell uh, via inside heel hook. This is a Exciting really match. quick match. Yeah. Um, where Tracy comes out super quick at the beginning, throws up. Uh, was it a triangle? Uh, yeah, there was a triangle attempt right away. Yep, and then Heather is able to essentially like defend out of the triangle, go down immediately onto the legs and into like a knee bar variation. Yeah. Goodell starts gripping up super high at the neck, and I went, hmm, really curious to see she's because yeah, because the knee bar wasn't deep enough where you would want to be attacking the neck yet. You want yeah. it was it was a shallow enough knee bar at that point. It was also a little you, bit to the side too. Yeah, where she was trying to she was trying to stop the rotation of the hips down for Rafferty. Yeah, and I went, okay, I see where you're going with this. I'm curious as she's why she's trying to keep that space. Is she going to try to counter off for her own attacks? And then Rafferty does a really good job of popping her hips back up into the center line, pushing Goodell over a little bit, and then coming back down and starting to dig, instead of digging for the knee bar, starts digging for the heel hook. Yeah. And you see her dig, and I was like, ooh, that's a really, yeah. you've defended the neck now, and it's super hard to defend the heel hook in this position if you're on the neck, because now you're sitting. Yep. And you actually, to defend this kind of heel hook on the outside like that, you have to stand up and turn, or you have to get your knee down, but because you're sitting, that knee is essentially blocked by your own hips, because you're sitting. And then Goodell does, or sorry, Rafferty does a really good job, digs for it again in the second time, and is able to pull it out, yeah. and I get it. The whole match, I think, is like three minutes, three and a half minutes. Really nice finish, if though. That, yeah, really great finish, and also really great come from behind immediately, because Rafferty spent some time in that triangle, and it was deep, and yeah. I thought she was going to pull out, Goodell was going to pull out the armbar, like, immediately in the match, so to come back off that into the legs, yeah. and then have the back and forth sequence, it was just a fun, it was a really fun back and forth match uh, that was very quick. Uh, Gabby McComb defeats Karen Atunez via decision. McComb looked good here, solid the entire time. Yeah, McComb looked good. There, uh, McComb had a couple. She played a really nice guard. She had a couple uh, sweep attempts, and then had sort of a straight ankle lock attempt that came off of the single leg X. Um, it was a legitimate ankle lock attempt. Uh, yeah. And Tunez had to 
clearly had to defend. It wasn't anything that I thought was like, oh, this is this is deep. This is in. It's going to end. Um, but it was a clearly defended uh, uh, submission attempt. Then Antunes is able to like recover after that defense and then gets to top and has a really, really nice pass. Like we don't see people pass on Gabby like this. It was really excellent well, to she play just jiu-jitsu. Stepped, she just stepped through on the single leg X with the low, with the low. She, she did that like floating yes. leg kick over and then settled down. It was really, it was a, a counter to Gabby's elevator sweep. Yeah. And it's just not something that you see happen to Gabby, right? She's got an incredible guard, yeah. and you don't see people that are able to pass at all, but especially in a situation where, like, Gabby had generated a little momentum, and then Antunes is able to pass, but then she settles into side control and doesn't really do anything with it. She plays a beautiful side control. She yeah. tries to move to knee right a little bit, but never mounts any real submission offense. And I think in many other rule sets, Antunes wins this fight. And yeah. even if you're looking at it just from like a who had the momentum most and who like generated the most sway in the match, I think Antunes wins it. But that's not what we're looking at. It's a no. fight to win rule set where submission ac- attempts account and, for more than anything else. And that and, at time that McComb had the leg and she, she hit a really nice low X guard, like single leg X yeah. variation sweep that I thought was really cool. Um, she had it. She had the ankle low instead of having the X guard on the top of the shoulder. She had it low hooked up. I see this belt. a lot more and more lately. I yeah. play. I well when I'm not injured i play this this version of the x a lot and she just tracked the outside leg the the, lo- the long leg yeah. of a tunez and just kicked her over while she went to go for, for the step and came up and i just thought it was a really nice like counter to a long step from the x guard that we yeah. saw from macomb she, but she just spent more time attacking that bottom leg yep. for the majority of the match and a tunez had to continue to defend it although she's able to pass off with that beautiful um elevator pass at the end, I was about halfway through. Sorry, I thought. Sorry, at the end, sorry. There was, but that was her yeah, biggest I, piece of offense. Yeah, it was her biggest piece of offense. I thought the positional dominance was really impressive from Antunes. Yeah. And if I were scoring the match based on like my personal preference and say, like, which is obviously a, a stupid way to do things, right? But like, if I was if I was looking at the match and saying, okay, I think that this person played better jujitsu today, I give it to Antunes. But that's not that's not what it is. It's not who no. do, who does Zach think did better jujitsu? It's who put up to win rules who put up more offense submission offense gabby definitely did that she gets the win for it Mm -hmm. um a good win for her and clearly played the rules but i I thought it was a really impressive performance from antunas too especially against someone like gabby who's been so dominant for a while now Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was it was a fun match happy that we had a lot of a lot of ladies on the upper end of the card Uh, also on the card jamie canudo defeated jefferson gusari via decision uh back and forth game match it was you know it was very much on the feet um for the majority of the match yep so that does it for our recap of anything else. Any other matches you want to oh, cover? That's it. Fight to Win. That's it for our recap of Fight to Win 179. The results are up on Flow. All the videos are up on Flow. Um, go back and watch Cisneros uh, versus Kennedy. Yeah, man, that's going to be and, a uh, rivalry to watch forever. Yeah, it's a fun. I'm it's excited a, about that. It's a fun match. I'm excited to, to think and talk about that mat, that rivalry in like seven years. When we're really old and they're yeah. like, you know, like established black belts now and they're beating the up and comers. I'm just fucking dead. I'm excited about <laughs> it. So <laughs> next, uh, you want to st- where do you want to go next? Want to go to fight to win? Yeah, sure. So let's move on to our preview Pretty of, nice. we got, so we got previews for fight to win, Emerald City and Polaris squad. So let's do a fight to win first. Um, we got two matches on this card. We have Rafael, Rafa, every time, every time. Rafael Lovato Jr., mm-hmm. not Rafael. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard. Versus Gabriel. It, everyone, everyone whose name begins with an R, it's a ha. Yeah. He's the one. Except for Hani Yaya. It's Ronnie Yaya, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we have Lovato taking on Gabriel Argus. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to call this one. I, I, w- I would give a lean towards Argus. Um, younger. Yeah. He's looked really good recently. We haven't seen him in like on the main stage in a minute here. Yeah. And Lovato has been progressively, since he, he's returned to competitive professional jiu-jitsu from MMA, he has looked progressively more like the Lovato that is the one of the best jujitsu players that's ever existed. Not that mm-hmm. it, not that when he came back he looked bad, but there was just clear. He, you know, it was the same. He'd been gone for he'd been gone for years, years right? And yeah. he focused on MMA for a long time and then come back. And honestly, it was impressive how good he was when he did come back initially. Yeah, and he's only gotten better, and he's he's regaining a lot of the, or I think he's building a new skill set to deal with more modern jujitsu in a very quick way. Mm-hmm. So that said. I, it's getting hard for me to pick against Lovato. I don't want to pick against Lovato, but I'm one of those like sadness picks. That's kind of what I was like. I was like, oh, I sure. think Argy could take it. Like Lovato very much could take this. And this for me, it's not. It's not a coin flip match. It's just. It, it's just how does Lovato approach Argus? Yeah, and then how does Argus approach Lovato? It's this weird like it's a dichotomy of style where it's like I don't really know. They both have a variety of ways that they can interact with it. I have no idea on the night what they will pick Fair. unfortunately and so that's like i it's for me it's a complete toss-up yeah. pick it's i picked Argus because i'm sad i'm sad when the water loses it's hard to pick uh lovato matches right now until we see a little bit more of of his progression and how he looks in in on the professional jiu-jitsu stage again you know mm-hmm. next match we have we have um afaela gettys versus kendall riesling for an open weight women's title match yep uh I kind of want to go Gettys. Getting, I'm Gettys g- is I, giving up some weight here, but I'm going to go Gettys. I think Gettys has looked progressively more and more impressive. And I, I, Kendall's been looking better lately, but she's always such a... She's she's up and down a little it's, bit. She's hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Very hot and cold. Gettys and has been when hot. When she shows up, yeah. And when, she, when, when Kendall shows up, she looks incredible. Her wrestling is above and beyond the quality of wrestling that we see from almost any other woman yeah. in the sport. Mm-hmm. And well, she, has a, she has a Jew in wrestling background. Yeah, like that's, yeah. Um, and when she shows up and does that, she looks great. She is also known for just kind of showing up and looking a little bit off. And so, I mean, it's hard to pick against someone like Gettys, who's just been on 100% I, of the time for the past year and a half. I think she's years. had that one match she dropped that was like, hmm, that was a close match. Yeah, but, but it wasn't. She didn't look bad. No. She just um, lost. I'm going to pick Gettys because I look at the Elizabeth Clay match and yeah. how she approached the kind of the challenges that Elizabeth Clay presented and, and then contrast to her baby, baby uh, Vieira match and like the two different ways that she handled both of those matches. Um, And there's another match that happened right before the clay match. And like, she has the ability to do what we're talking about Hulk can do mm-hmm. and modulate her style. Yeah. And like, I put the match this way and I think she's going to come in Otto's camp having plans specifically for the challenges that Kendall brings, the weight that she is giving up. We've seen her deal with a heavy player before. Kendall really likes to play on top. I think the Gettys will be able to put the match into a place where that is less of a factor, and she will try to basically avoid ever being on the bottom where Kendall can really slow you down, get on top, pressure you. Honestly, I don't think she avoids getting on... I don't think she's able to avoid getting on the bottom with Kendall, but I think that... Getty's bottom game is just going to outpace. Hmm. I think once I think in on the feet, Kendall is going to be able to get Getty's where she wants her, and that's but, and that's the thing I actually don't know about. I'm I'm very curious to see if it'll like, be interesting how Getty's I, wrestling matches yeah. up because Kendall likes to kind of tie with you, 
Kendall's and work also off the top. Had, yeah, but Kendall's also had trouble on top. Right yeah. when we see her get into a lot of trouble, it's because the person plays a really slick bottom game, mm-hmm. which is a, lo- a lot of the women at the bigger weight classes. They play yeah. a crazy good bottom game. Yeah, and so I—that's where I see things going. I—I I, hmm. I have to pick Gettys, but I think it's going to come from her submission offense on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I see that as Gettys like playing a really, really measured positional game, and then well, we'll see. We'll see. So we're picking Gettys <laughs> for different reasons, which is which is very interesting. Uh, that's all the matches I have right now for Fight to Win. Those are two banger matches. Yeah. Uh, very excited for both of those. Uh, look out for that. That's on August 6th. Uh, moving on, do I do em- Emerald City or Polaris first? Emerald City. Emerald City Invitational, August 7th. We have a awesome 16-man EBI style, 145 bracket. Here are the names. Killer names in here. We got Josh Shishneros, John Callistine, Frank Rosenthal, Luis Quijones. Uh, you look up the bracket while I read the names because I don't want you to read the names because I don't have the bracket offhand. I think we have a bracket now. Okay. So no no pressure, Zach. Just quickly pull just it up while I go through the seconds. names. Two seconds, no problem. Gabriel Souza. We have and Gabriel Souza actually just won Midwest finishers, which is why he got that spot onto Emerald City which is awesome. Uh, Richard Alarcon, Keith Krikorian, who just, uh, him and the entire Studio 84 team took home like four, I think six Naga belts yesterday. Yes. Yeah, which that. is just funny, like a bunch of guys. At night. I was like, I want to win a Naga cool. belt. I was like, I also want to fight Krikorian for a Naga belt. No, like, that's not fair. That seems off. Um, we have Johnny Grippo. We have Cameron Merlot. We have Daniel Salter. We have Diego Pato Oliveira. We have John Battle. We have Esteban Martinez. We have Kennedy Masayel. We have Damian Anderson. And uh, we have the winner of the finishers. I actually don't have the winner. The finish. The finishers winner here. Um, uh, that's annoying. Did you find it yet? Nope. I'm on their website, but I'm not seeing it on the website. All right. Their Instagram. Here it is. Here's the bracket. Okay. So on the A side of the bracket, I got it. You got it now. Yeah. All right. A side of the bracket, we have Kennedy and Jeff Mock. Uh, in our first match, we have Luis Quijones versus Esteban Martinez. Second match, we have Josh Cisneros versus Cameron, Mer- Cameron Merlot. And we have Frank Thosenfall versus David Wet- Le- well, Wentrab. Uh, I think we are going to see this side of the bracket. We're going to see the rematch we talked about. Kennedy yeah, versus Josh exciting. on that side. I think so. I think that is a very, very reasonable, uh, um, that side of the bracket. Yep. Other side of the bracket, we have Gianni Grippo versus Elias Anderson. We have Keith Krikorian versus... Uh, Sadram Budra, we have Gabriel Souza versus John Battle, we have Damon Anderson versus Richard Alarcon. Uh, yeah, both these sides of the bracket. There, it's yeah. there are so very yes, few. This is a nicely toss-ups. organized bracket. Um, um, Kokorian th- could. It's EBI rules, so Kokorian is always a strong choice. Mm-hmm. He's he got so a, much experience. He's been on EBI back when EBI was like the real good at EBI. This rule set. Yeah, they he train is good it. at this rule set. Mm-hmm. Grippo looked good the past couple times we've seen him. Um, we did. We also did see him get subbed in the gi, yeah, but this did. is a no gi match. True. We haven't seen him get subbed in no gi in, in, in a, a while. while. Uh, and Gabriel Souza is always a nice choice um, in yep. a situation like this. Who depends you, on who shows up. Who are you picking on this side of the bracket? Uh, probably Kokorian's. Probably the, it's, I think he's my he's the safest choice for me. Yeah, I kind of do want to go just because the EBI experience will play so well. Yeah, I think um, so. Alarcon could definitely be a factor yeah, absolutely. on this. Actually, all these guys could be a factor. This, yeah, this right. entire side of the bracket, the, anyway, everyone has an extreme puncher, not puncher's chance. Yeah. In, in under the EBI rule set, and I, under the EBI rule set, I think any single one of these guys could pull through. Yeah, that's actually a really you good know? point. I didn't think about that because with the with the overtimes and how they're structured yeah. for EBI, you get through the regulation, uh, you still have to. Yeah, like you still have to get through. Still got to do escapes. It. Um, um, 
so yeah exciting i i don't think that we've seen cisneros in an ebi i don't think we've seen kennedy one either i don't think we've seen kennedy in ebi either so that's my biggest kind of x factor there is like a guy like frank a guy like frank that's super like familiar with those rules and done even like Luis Cajones has done like actually Esther Martinez like all these guys have done a bunch of these yeah. EBI style events I don't know if Kennedy and Josh have actually super but at the same time their just is incredible and yeah. probably out of this group I would rank them uh, of the top two well they're, they're, they're the highest ranked in their yeah, well, two, top two in the world yeah like they're, they're two or three highest ranked yeah. guys in the world and so at the weight It'll be interesting to see how well they do under the EBI rules. So if they even put to it. I think Cisneros has a style that potentially is not going right. to go to overtime. Yeah, it might not matter. Yeah. And if it does go to overtime, he's also got a style that probably finishes in overtime. Right? Right. We don't see Cisneros get into submission positions no. and not chain into and, something and else. And Kennedy's the same way. That choke from the back he has is just yeah. monster. We saw it at yeah. ADCC. Just though his squeeze is like unworldly yeah. for the weight class. So I, I definitely want to favor like one of those two guys to take it. Uh, I kind of, I think Cisneros has a better style for this, but I think Kennedy can, like we've seen Kennedy play a slower, more tactical game. And I think he'll yeah. be forced to do that in this. That's kind of why we're leaning Kennedy, although he doesn't have all the EBI experience. Yeah. I don't know if it will, It'll be how much it will matter. The rules play a, a big part in, in this uh, Definitely. particular tournament here. So. This is a super fun. I mean, I mean Damien Anderson's in here. He could he could run away with it. There's all, like, yeah, a lot of these guys I, I don't want to like put other guys down in it. There's no, just, I mean, there are so many people that, this is a great bracket. Yeah, it's a great 10 bracket. grand, like either side of this bracket wins. I'm like, or somebody wins. I'm like, I could see it. Yeah. So yeah. that's super exciting. So that is Emerald City Invitational. Uh, I'm going to pick Kennedy just based on his performance this weekend um, and the back control he had on Cisneros based on that alone is essentially like, you've been I'm on the back. Cisneros because you've been on he's, the back. he's getting to be uh, my favorite jiu-jitsu player. You've been so. on the back more recently. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it to you. He also has a Renegade Show victory over Cisneros. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, sure. That is sure. my entire reasoning is their first match. It's not bad reasoning. It's not great reasoning. It's like, it's, it's I'm grasping at straws in a very it's big great, way there. It's not great, but it's not terrible. So that should be a super fun uh, bracket. I'm super look, really looking forward to that. May end up going up there. Uh, I got to figure out what this weekend uh, actually has entail. What this weekend actually entails for me. Uh, a bunch of other super fights on the card. I think there was one other super fight I wanted to talk about, and let's see if I can find it. Uh, let me stall for time here, Zach. Yeah, I don't. I didn't check. I didn't get the super fights. Or I didn't see the super fights, so I'm not sure. I can't help at all. I can continue talking to Stall, but maybe we should just move. Oh, yeah, we have Jacob Rodriguez versus Savion Marinon. Oh, okay. That should be, it's Nick Rodriguez's brother, just won, again, the Naga Belt, and then Savion, we've been following for years, uh, was a former uh, blue belt and purple belt title holder at Third Coast. It's just like, put on. Interesting, it's an interesting prospect match. Yeah. Yeah. it, It should be. It should be super, super fun. Cool. So moving on, let's talk about Polaris, three squads. Uh, really excited for it. I don't have much to talk about. Uh, we have yeah. uh, Nast- Nastista uh, Silva replacing Freddie Vosgrove versus Kyle Bame because um, uh, Freddie Vosgrove got injured, which sucks. I'm a big yeah. fan of watching Freddie. Always comes out in the red singlet, and uh, I find it hilarious because then he can, like, he just heel hooks you, and I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. The guy's going to pull guard and heel hook you. He also has really improved his wrestling recently. I mean, so Sometimes you just got to rock a singlet. Hope hope he heals up. Uh, we Natasa won the Polaris qualifier um, mm-hmm. a year or two years ago. We won the, sure. one of the big qualifiers they had, so he's been featured on Polaris a couple times now. It's awesome to see him. Yeah. 
Team UK and Ireland, we have Daryl O'Connor, we have Ross Nichols, we have Daniel Strauss, we have Jed Hugh, we have Bradley Hill, we have Tom Halpin, Karen Daverin, and Ben Dyson. On Team USA, we have Mike Perez, Roberto Jimenez, Richie Martinez, Nick Ronan, Nathan Orchard, William Tackett, Gio Martinez, and Adam Benegu. Um, do not think William's going to make it. I'm curious to see who they yeah, will replace William with uh, at that weight. a big name on, this, uh, on that side of the bracket, yeah. but, or on that side of the teams so i'm very this actually became a lot um like a lot closer now that jt's out and that attack it's out yep like i thought before i was like ooh, it's really you know it's a really tough ask for team uk and ireland with those two guys out again you still have the guys like you still have both martinez's who are notoriously super hard i mean geo is one of the hardest people to sub in jujitsu uh nogi he just absurdly durable you have roberto jimenez who's going to play really well to the rule set takes the back scores the points yep um gets on the player squad is a super interesting style of event it's sort of quintet styled um i like how it runs it's the rules are written up online you should read them before you watch the event because it'll make more sense uh this will be the third they run i've really enjoyed both of them they're interesting events it's a nice structure um and the teams are always fairly well matched. And I think with Tackett out, yeah. this actually becomes an even more fairly well matched. I think well, Cade's, out, Cade's out, JT's out, yeah. Najmi's out. Um, yeah, it, it should be a really, 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 really interesting event. I'm very excited. The last one was fun. It's finally, we were going to get this event, I think, almost two years ago. Yeah. This was announced because they were going to do um, yeah. U- U.S. back, I think, in like June of last year of like 2020 yeah it's a full year so it sounds right it's all a blur at this point it is definitely a blur so that's august 7th uh it should be great i think that does it for previews this week overall super should be a really fun uh a week of show what do you got going on this weekend anything fun no being injured yeah being injured i'm so fucking frustrated i mean i I can't really speak to you about it who's been had who's had a broken back for like fucking ever but only like four years i've only been injured the entirety of the belt i've been at only like four years like four years straight with two knees and a back and a sternum i just my my lcl are fucking garbage at this point i've strained torn who the fuck knows yep. I, every doctor that i talk to is like yeah you can go get an mri but like surgery is not gonna be any better than anything else unless it's like really fucked up for the next six months but it'll probably heal by then so i've strained slash torn them i countless times at this point like i both knees mm-hmm. i can't and i used to I remember, like when i was 20 i remember being really like being the guy that like yeah i had shoulder surgeries already but my knees are great and now and then like i i in my head my knees are still great. Like I still think like I'm the guy who's who has fine knees, and I just don't fucking have fine anything anymore. Like all of my body is destroyed. What's up, combat um, sports? Get at me. Yeah, combat sports fucking suck. They, they're not. They're super fun, but like yeah, it's, we're not going to get old good. I'm already no, like I'm 30, no. and I can't like sit in a chair without pain. Also, like I bounce between 230 and 250 for my life. Like my my body size, my knees are just going to be shot. Well, what the fuck I do? You're 100 pounds heavier than me. Jesus. Yeah. Went to the doctor today to look at a mass on my neck. That was fun. The fuck. Yeah, it's probably not cancer. Um, I really hope. I really hope this Great. show isn't like in six months. It's like, yeah, man, it's I really hope it's not a soundbite. I there. bet that you don't miss a show, even if that is the case. Probably so. not. You're a psychopath. Yeah. So uh, here's the two hundred. <laughs> so that is uh, that's all I got this week. Um, yeah. We got some fun stuff that happened this weekend, but other than that, should be some good jujitsu. And uh, see you guys next week. Sweet. As always, the show. I'm your host, Maine, my co-host Zach, and we are the Grappling Rewind. To see you on the mat whenever that is. Stay safe.
If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.